This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. We're back to the old setup. Green screen is broken. Well, Ricky wants me to clarify the bars on the green screen yeah. are broken. That's why Brian was standing during yes, his uh, new we video. actually, the wall that you guys usually do, there's yeah. like a little out indent. We taped it to the wall. Oh, uh, nice. It was very, I didn't want to do it for everything, mm-hmm. but... It kind of was okay. Oh, it's broken, and I think we got a comment anyways on our mm-hmm. fast break comments that they wanted to go back to the old setup with Ricky. So, boom, we got it. Old setup with Ricky. It's back uh, today on the Fast Break Podcast. Our topics today, we are talking the NBA draft. Are the Bulls screwing up their tank? And we're going to be talking yes, about that. Yes, they are. Eight and one in their past nine games. They're looking uh, like they're at absolute fire. We're talking about the, should the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis as well? Is it you know substance? Is there, is there something actually there, or is it just rumors flying around? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to wrap it up with some Isaiah. Thomas talks since he is coming back had the fantastic practice that he, uh, he got sent down to one, uh, one, one day in the, the G League, League. not yeah. even a full day actually it was five like hours five hours yeah. best practice ever so uh, we'll be talking about that on the podcast but before we jump into it check out patreon.com slash most valuable podcast if you want to be on a podcast we also have some cool other tiers mm-hmm. you guys just had Pat on the onside kick talking about John Fox we always love having Christian Pat and our buddy Jake on the podcast if you want to check it out go to patreon.com slash most valuable podcast also if you're listening on iTunes rate us five stars the fast break podcast the primetime podcast the Rick and Johnny podcast and the onside kick it means a ton to us so if you want to do that and you have the opportunity to please do so. And finally, if you want a Most Valuable Podcast shirt, check the description box because there's instructions down there. So if you want a t-shirt, you want to rep some Most Valuable Podcast gear, check it out in the description below. But boys, we are going to jump in to some damp dudes, some soggy shooter, some wet boys today. Uh, Ricky, your second wet boy. My of, second of all time. one. And before, yeah, got- before I give mine, I want to give an honorable mention. I almost had Lonzo Ball here, but I couldn't because there is a Laker that is doing a lot better, and that's Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, like, at not only the 38-point <laughs> game he had against the Rockets, but over 25 points a game, almost seven rebounds. And when you've got 61% from the field and over 50 from three, how are you not a moist man, a damp dude, a wet boy? If Lonzo ever has a day where he has like two near triple doubles, he's going to be a wet one. boy. Yeah. Like, I feel That's like I will be the only one to make him a wet boy. Yeah, because he's you're the only one that actually likes him. Yeah. Like he's been playing better. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him credit. He's a, he's a good defender. But like you're the only – you want to shoehorn him in. I do. If you have the chance. Every show. If there's like – one week where the Lakers play three mm-hmm. games and everyone else plays like one game, if that's possible, probably not. Lonzo's definitely going to well, be that wet boy. three other teams would have to play unless they're the only games they played <laughs> were against the Lakers. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> scheduling nightmare. If, if that ever happens, though, Ricky's going to shoehorn mm-hmm. uh, Lonzo Ball into yeah. a wet boy. But Dave, who's your wet boy of the week? Uh, my wet boy of the week was uh, a top draft pick many people forgot about, but he is the one and only Be Easy. Lighten it up for New York, you know, coming in because poor just needs some time off. He needs to pull his shit back together. So they're like, you know what? We're going to trust the professional on this one. Be easy. <laughs> going to stop out there, being Kobe out there. Going to go out there and drop twenty-three or 28.3 points per game, 8.7 boards, uh, over a block a game, shooting 56% overall. 
And I only, I think only about seven shots from three, but 71% from those seven shots. You can't argue with those numbers. It's pretty He's been ridiculous. dominant. Yeah, and he had a crazy night in the garden against yeah. the Celtics last night. That was an uh, amazing game for him. Saving KP, like you said. Uh, my wet boy of the week is DeMar DeRozan. Just dropped a career high with 45 points, or a season high. I think it's one of them. Uh, this year, dropping 45 points against Philly last night. Raptors have won five straight, and in those last three games, at least, he's dropped 31.3 points, 5.3 assists. He's been a better passer this year, and also he's been lighting it up from three, I which say, we're Sean, not used to. He can to. magically shoot from three this year. What the hell happened? 64.3% in the last three games. He had a career-high six threes um, in the last game against Philly, and so, the Raptors are on fire. They've been it's like winning. somebody told me he can stand behind that line on the ground, and he gets an extra point, and like he didn't know that until well, this year. he thought we were playing old rules before we got that line. Must it's just be. everything's a two. And I think they're 11-1 <laughs> and one in their past 12 games, so they've been absolutely they're on, on a fire. Bit of a heater. And DeMar DeRozan has been on a bit of a heater as well. But those are our Wet Boys of the Week. If you have some Wet Boys, leave them down in the comments below. We love listening to you guys, Wet Boys. I think they're all... First time Wet Boys as well. I think he's yeah. making his first time. I think it's the first Raptor we've ever had the, on the uh, on the Wet Boys. In my head, I first was Laker, almost, I think too. In my head, I was like, no, wait, he's not the first Raptor. But then I remembered the one week you were almost sick. I almost yeah. made an appearance. Kyle Lowry would have been the first Raptor, mm-hmm. first Laker too. I know you're trying to shoehorn Lonzo in. Yeah, Is first it? Laker. Oh. Right? Because I don't think we have, I don't remember. I don't anymore. think there's any other Laker. No, that's important. I think you might be right. First Laker. Because there's Lonzo, Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle. I know not you guys have had Porzingis as a yes. Yeah. Wet Porzingis boy. is a two-time wet boy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I know Kyle Lowry or no, none of the other Raptors mm-hmm. have been a wet boy. But anyways, but anyways, let's move on now into our first topic of the podcast. And since Ricky is on the podcast, Only since the this is going to be Only pretty much a Christmas Chicago podcast, Bulls. we got to yeah. give him a present. We're talking about the Chicago Bulls and the NBA draft, and we're pretty much talking about... You're throwing me off. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, <laughs> do you don't like Bulls. my succulent draft move? Like, wow. I'm, I'm just dancing over here, Sean. You guys wanted him back. <laughs> I'm blaming you. Now, never did I want to hear him say that word. The topic today is, are, do the Bulls need a top five pick in the NBA draft? This year, obviously right now, 7-3 and three in their past 10 games. They've been on fire, had that seven-game win streak. Dave and I talked about Nico being hot as hell. He was a wet boy for us in the yep. uh, last week. That was the beginning of the streak. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, they've been absolutely on Or was it last week? Two weeks ago. I think it was, it was two last weeks week. ago. It was last week. It was one of them. Just last uh, week. But Bulls are on absolute fire right now. Now they're fourth in uh, the you know tankathon standings, and they've been falling quickly and rapidly. And Dave pointed out, right now they're only two games behind the Los Angeles Lakers, and they could be 11th if they win pretty much two more games and keep yeah. going on this streak. So right now, the Bulls are kind of taking them outside mm-hmm. of that you know, watch idea of that tank. And right now they're uh, pushing away from that uh, number one pick. So looking at this, Looking at the Bulls roster, Zach Levine coming back in two to three weeks, seeing the way that Chris Dunn's been playing, seeing Bobby Portis and Nico Miritich playing out there, do we feel like the Bulls need a top five pick exactly? There's one thing the Bulls need, and that's to get rid of Fred Hoiberg and bring in the tank commander, Byron Scott. We okay. are bringing the tank commander <laughs> so that we can get things back on track. But the thing looking at it with the Bulls is I just pulled up their contracts for at the end of the year. The only guys we're going to lose is basically like Quin- Quincy Point Dexter. Like Levine's a restricted free agent, but we're going to obviously bring him back. Barring They'll probably take the club n- option on Nico, so we're getting everyone back. So it kind of begs the question of would this pick just be luxury for the Bulls, where it's like, yeah, we'll take any position, any kind of best available player that's right there because – we technically have a starter for every position. We don't position. have a small forward. What are you talking about? 
What are you? What are you doing? We could, we could fit someone Zip in God there. is not our starter. We could put Zip God in there. We no. could also put Valentine there. What Val- I'm saying Valentine is, performing well we've, is got, we've got guys He's that could player. fit there. However, then you're saying, what, the guy that you're looking at is um, Miles Bridges is the guy that we'd look for? Michael Porter Jr., perhaps? I mean, if he falls due to his injury. I mean, looking mm-hmm. at it right yeah. now and looking at uh, some big boards, obviously Aiton's probably gone. Uh, mm-hmm. eight, I'd probably say Aiton, Bagley, Doncic. Uh, are probably, one, two, three lock. Yeah, probably, yeah. The, probably at least top mm-hmm. three locks. Then Porter, if he doesn't really recover from his injury, he's probably going to fall to around that four where you guys currently are. Five, six. You have Porter, small forward. You have Bamba, who's a center. Really, you could draft a center. I mean, yeah. Rolo probably not being well, a for sure around. He's playing it all great. It depends on what you don't we know. do with the trade deadline yeah. too. But I don't. The Bulls don't make moves at the trade deadline, so but I don't expect it. Again, you don't know exactly what's going to happen with Rolo, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think Rolo's the long term a- answer. You get Bamba, who could be a rim protector down there. Mm-hmm. He can be a long term answer there. Mm-hmm. Trey Young, obviously, we mentioned Chris. Uh, Chris Dunn's playing out of his mind. You don't really need a point guard. But then again, I mean, Zach Levine been injured. Maybe you could, you know, possibly think about some moves where yeah. I don't know. You you exactly look. Trey Young's a possibility. I just want to throw that out it's there. An upgrade over uh, Jack. Jer- <laughs> Jaron Jackson, six yeah. eleven, two forty. He's a big kid. So possibly, if you felt like you could move him to the center, you could put him there. Um, I mean, there's definitely options out there. Miles Bridges, like you mentioned, Kevin mm-hmm. Knox is out there. So there is a ton of options, at least, that could fit for well, the Chicago Bulls, for that three position, because that's pretty much the position of clear need. Yeah, and that's the thing I just wanted to throw out with Dave bringing that up. If I'm looking, I'm using Tankathon's mock draft mm-hmm. as the base. I don't know why. If you're saying, <laughs> If you're saying we need a small forward— then your answer to this question is yes, we need a top five because Michael Porter's at four, Miles Bridges is at number five. However, right now, yeah. yeah. However, if you're looking, you're saying, you know what? We could grab a Kevin Knox. We can go out there and grab a Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. Then you might be sitting there going, do we really need the top five pick? I know the NBA is a lottery, so the, it's the like, talent difference between a top five mm-hmm. pick and a and a ten to you know, fourteen is there. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. There, there's a well, hit well, chance and, that and drops. It, it all there's, oh, but there's also the, the thing was like I mean, Steph Curry was a no, seven. I'm saying there's I a hit chance. Like the percentage of people yeah. who succeed at a mm-hmm. high level. I, Go down as you go further in the draft. Yes, it's just a standard thing. Yes and no. I mean, like, yeah, the numbers. But kinda... the, is it skill coming out or is it potential? Like the potential skill that they're growing we, into. I mean, like, know, obviously, the difference year from one hundred and twelve percent potential. Yeah, but that's the thing is that it doesn't mean it's like a skill difference. I mean, it just mm-hmm. means that like right. you're going to grow into no, but the skill. The amount of people there. who've hit at like number one, number two, number three, like it's yes, you'll have the well, outliers, yeah, you'll have the Giannis's, you'll have the guys who come in like a Jimmy Butler. But you know, those those are much less often to happen. Than the for sure guys who occasionally don't happen for you. Well, and so, right now there's saying. for sure guys is what you're saying. Yeah, at least in the top three with Aiton, Bagley, and Doncic right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, at least with those guys, and then Porter, I feel like you could still say he's a for sure thing, but the big question obviously is still that injury. Yep. Um, so I mean, I think right now I think the Bulls are screwing themselves, and that's that's the one thing that I wanted to get to is because obviously you know right now it's early on in the season still. I think what 30 games into the season, something like that. Um, yep, just seven over. and twenty-three. The Bulls are currently right now. It's not like it's a crazy good record, or the, no, uh, no. 10. The Hawks, the Hawks are sorry. Yeah. The Hawks are seven and twenty-three. That's what they're the number one team right now. Bulls are ten and uh, twenty right now. So obviously they're not even too far away from being you know the number one team yeah. again if they're able to lose some more games. And you know exactly is the direction always been stated that this is the tank for the Bulls? I mean, it wasn't like this was like every fan idea was this is going to be the tank year for the Bulls. This is going to be the year that we put everything to just, you know, rebuild, completely bring up. You know, we got rid of Jimmy. D. Rose Mm -hmm. is gone. All these players from the past. Noah, all these guys are gone. We have to get young players in. How are you going to do that? You're going to get a top pick. So, 
I think you kind of need a number one pick right there. I spit on the. Like, uh, I think you kind of need a, a top pick right now. Mm-hmm. I think you probably should go for a top five pick. I mean, you don't really need it because again, we look at the you know three players that you have right now: Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Laurie. Those mm-hmm. guys are for sure probably going to be around here for the next you know three to four years, yeah. five years. We don't know exactly like, with Bobby. So. We don't know with Nico. Nico might be traded in the next like mm-hmm. month or so, two yeah. months with the way he's been playing. So. I think looking at all of it, I think you need it just to really kind of solidify this rebuild because, you know, Chris Dunn's been playing great and he was a top five pick, but even that first year he was a little iffy and he's having a great couple of games right now. But again, we're only 30 games of the season. We don't know if this is the first year. Playing thing. with confidence of a much better player. Exactly. And what if he's, you know, just playing with confidence right now and that's not the actual skill? Yeah. And what if he finally goes up to, against better players and it's just kind of, you know, just destroyed. So I, I feel like you kind of need it to solidify a for sure building block because you don't know exactly what Zach Levine's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Chris Dunn's been good so far. Laurie's been good so far, but I don't look at any of those guys as a number one piece for a franchise. No, I think that's a fair assumption to make. And my concern is, you know, are we going to play ourselves out of that? Because like you said, they're, they're playing so well. And this is without having Levine, who was the centerpiece of that trade for Jimmy. So mm-hmm. you got to wonder, like, are we going to have to start, uh, you know, bringing in campaign to play point guard for us again, bring us back down to earth. You know that that might be a better option because, like you said, if we don't get somebody in, a, in like a top five, you know, top six lottery pick here, like I don't know if we're gonna see that spot again. This opportunity with this much talent, how how loaded this draft is. Like I know twenty, uh, I know the next year's draft does have like three big guys in there who everybody loves, mm-hmm. but like right now. This is a can't-miss chunk of talent that you don't want to be just outside looking in and on. The but the re- one thing, too, we, we said this about last year. I mean, last year was like a, a, a whole class, too, that we were like, this is you know a ton it, of players. Last year that was the could, deepest draft could that we've change. seen. I mean, yeah. we were always talking about how deep this draft was last year. I mean, we look at players like Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma only 27. He's mm-hmm. probably like yeah. the best player right now. And everyone, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't think he was on my you know first-round mock draft mm-hmm. last year. I mean, that's things where that, that class was draft was so uh, deep. Yep. And we're seeing guys make you know immediate impacts now where you know the, your prior Malcolm Brogdon was the best guy to come out, at least you know right away. Obviously, Brandon Ingram was playing well now. Ben yeah. Simmons obviously is fantastic. Who knew? 19-year-olds um, don't really compete at a high level versus grown-ass men. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what the talent pool is going to bring next year. Right. We, there's probably going to be some great you know, player RJ, out there. You know, Ball. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, but we don't yeah. know exactly what's going to be out there. So at least looking at it, I, I feel like you can't really miss out on the crop just looking for the next. It's kind of like the Bears last year with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was Darnold. Yes, there was Rosen. But you don't know what's going to happen next year. You yeah. have a guy who you feel like is going to be your franchise now. Go out and get him. Well, and that's the thing that I think of is I'm kind of on the other side of the Bulls don't need. I wouldn't be upset if we didn't have a top five pick. Now, if we didn't have a top ten pick, that's a different story. If we fell and started winning and competing. If Zach Levine if comes pull, back. If and, you pulled kind yeah. of the, what the Mavericks well, were doing last year before they had I mean, to pull back the tank again. I or kn- we pull what the I, Heat did. I knew, like, I know that each draft is different, and it's not like just because we get one guy, right. he's going to change the franchise. It sort of unless it's like, well, it, Unless it's like LeBron James at number one, or like when you got Anthony Davis. Like, those were number ones. Well, where it's like change a franchise. The, <laughs> I, but those were no, franchise still sucks. Those were number ones where it's like, okay, that's the number one. Like, right now, well, you Luke can say is, that with Kat. Luca's the number one, but there are some people that are like, no, you've got um, Aiton who should be the number one. You got Bagley who should be the number mm-hmm. one. And the thing I look with this Bulls team is, yeah, you mentioned okay, small forward might be the one position if we're going to go out and draft. But yeah. let's say, and I'm using Tangent again. Let's say they fall the nine where they got Trey Young. We can take Trey Young and then never have to use campaign again. 
We're not using Chris campaign Dun- though. No, I mean, no, like, I know, but like, come on, Chris, Chris Dunn's. <laughs> we could just I, cut him completely and have Trey Young be I, the backup to Chris Dunn. Or what if Chris Dunn's not even a backup? Or right like, what if it happens court. to where you're right, where Chris Dunn, this is just him playing hot right now this year, and then next year he's not the same. Oh, but Trey Young then develops in front of him and then becomes the starter to where I feel like we can get somebody even through five through ten that could be beneficial to us. It's just, do you have the faith in Bulls management, yeah. Gar Foreman, Paxton, to go out and get the guy that'll fit us? I think with the Bulls, I think with how much youth there is on that team, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, obviously, uh, Laurie, obviously, Levine, Chris Dunn, Portis is still young. It was two years ago they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Miritich is still fairly young at these 27, 28. Um, you still look at this team. There's still some – David Nwaba is pretty young as well. I mean, there's some young players still on this team. I feel like you can kind of see these positions filling out. You're not going to draft a power forward because, you know, Laurie right now is your guy. Chris yeah. Dunn and Zach Levine were centerpieces of that Jimmy trade. And they were – you know, I mean, so far Chris Dunn's been playing well so far. And even if he is, you know, your fourth or fifth option, if he's doing, you know, a, you know, a lot less than what he's doing right now but still being able to play – great defense, which he's probably still going to be able to do for mm-hmm. the next you know 10 years of his career, and still able to be a nice passer, I think yeah. he's still your for sure point guard. And if Zach Levine comes out and scores 20 like he was able to do with Minnesota, I think you got a for sure sh- shooting guard. So I feel like you got to at least go away from uh, at least potential there and go for a need. And that need's going to be at center, and that need's going to be at small forward. Well, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be more on position, so you don't really have to worry about getting the right guy. You just have to worry about making sure the positions are right for the Chicago Bulls, and I feel like Garpax can mm-hmm. probably do no that. No longer best available, now it's best fit. Well, well and, best available for best fit. And that's why yeah. if we, this all depends on if he falls or like right now he's in the top five. That's why if we're in the top five, I wouldn't be upset if we went with Michael Porter, depending, even if, let's say... You shouldn't be. Let, let's say <laughs> he just he doesn't play his first full year, because mm-hmm. I look at the 76ers and I go, Ben Simmons didn't play his full year, Fultz oh, hasn't he, been... The, oh, like, he's, the plan, no, he's going to be back. He's going to play. play. But what I'm saying he's is, play if his he, first year in the I'm NBA. saying if he doesn't, I wouldn't be upset because the Sixers are fine, and they've had basically three of their prospects miss most of their first year. And then it's like also you look at the trade for Zach Levine. We traded knowing he's not going to be ready day one. Yeah, but from what I understand is, at least with the back injury that he currently has, he will be back to at least try out for the combine. So he will be ready to play in September or October, and he'll be ready to go during the summer league. So I, I, I don't think you have to worry about with, with that with Portal. I don't think you're going to redshirt him. Um, if you know maybe that injury persists, I'm, then you redshirt him. I'm just him, saying, but what, I don't think you have to like, worry about what that. if? I'm playing the what if. I don't, but now we're playing but the game I don't of think let's go with Zach Levine, who has an injury there? history. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Michael Porter with an injury history. You know, obviously we you have to be concerned that your building blocks are now guys who mm-hmm. could have you know relapses in those injuries and will be out again. So. I think that kind of has to make you pause about Michael Porter. Yes, he could be a great player, but you know you have to wonder long-term health effects. Yeah, let's do this just just so we can kind of get you know more of a clear and concise at least idea of what mm-hmm. we're talking about here, like where they will be picking. What do you think the Bulls will end up at? Where do you think the Bulls? Do you think the Bulls can continue this hot streak? Do you feel like the Bulls will you know maybe push a little towards more five hundred? Do you feel like they're still going to be you know this is just an analogy? This isn't going to be what the Bulls season yeah. is. It was just you know a weird eight games that they're you know playing the cast stuff. They win seven. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts at least on this? Is this just a hot team and this is just you know kind of a you know a fallacy, or do you feel like this is something that maybe can, can persist and this can be a team that gets closer to five hundred? Can you make more any more analogies before we talk, Sean? Just I'm just waiting. Go. <laughs> um, no, I, 
the, the question comes down to are we going to ship you know Nico and Rolo mm-hmm. if we're gonna ship those two we're gonna lose more games we're gonna be in that top you know uh one through probably six spots in the draft do you think they should I think they should because I think long term you'll never get a better value for Nico and Rolo is a good he's a good player and he has a great motor and that's valuable in the center position Especially in the league for a right now team. that needs it. Yeah. So I think both those guys have great value and you should ship them for any talent, any future hopes that you can get because you're all in on this youth movement and those are the two old two of the oldest guys on the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Nico We've seen this from him is the thing that I keep going back to. I'm like, this is March Nico. This is this is when he feels like his best. I'm just like, why is it happening now? I don't understand. But you know what? I'm not going to question it because January 15th is the day that he can be moved. And I'm watching that like a hawk. I'm hoping that we're going to make those moves. We're going to move Nico. Mm-hmm. We're going to move Rolo. We're going to let Zach Levine take his time coming back. Maybe put him on a mitts restriction so he doesn't, you know... Um, you know, risk injury coming back too soon. Mm-hmm. Doesn't overextend himself. And I, I want to watch this team grow over time. I, I don't want to watch them be the middle of the group. You know, I'm going to be the, like, NBA purgatory of a, of a 35-40 win game team for the next five years. That's not what I want to watch that's out of this team. What, that's what we're going to be, though. But You do know that, If right? we make those trades. But, and that's the thing. We of, will set ourselves up to be a promising team for the future. And I'm all with you. Do I want to see that happen? Yes. Do I want to see Rolo and Nika move? But what was it, two years ago? I remember, like, I remember having the discussion while I was teaching with my students. They go, hey, <laughs> will we move Paul Gasol tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, you know what? We're going to get a deal done. I am not biting that hype. Nico will stay. Rolo will stay. They're not going to be moved because all that— But that's this, different. Well, that, that, that team was closer to making the playoffs than a 10-20 and 20 Bulls team. But still, this— th- And with, that was something where they went out and got this, Paul Gasol. This kind they of— got him as a free With Garpacks and with Reinsdorf's— this is all of the same thing of, holy shit, we're winning games. We're going to still we're showing gonna, up regardless. We're going to make, yeah, I mean, we're gonna make money, but it's like we're winning games. Bulls, we can make the playoffs yeah. with this team. They have that delusion in their head. I yeah, feel. I don't, but I, I feel like if if they, I think everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't think they get moved because of management. I don't think this team is is good at all. I think oh, I think everyone I, agrees with that. I think this is just a, a weird. They're playing above their, games. Yeah. and I don't want they're people to confidence. get it twisted at all. Oh, Ricky thinks the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I don't. I just think that. They're not going to get moved because it's like, oh, no, we're actually I, competing now. I can see this I, team 7 through 10. I think Garpacks, what do you mean 7 through 10? It's like in the 7th pick to 10th oh, okay. pick in the I draft you meant at the end of the year. 7th through 10th <laughs> in no, the Easter Conference. No, gets no. Um, 7th pick to 10th pick. No, I feel, I feel you're wrong. Leaning more towards the – like I can maybe I, I'm thinking the worst, but I, I can think see like 9-10. It's like, fuck. Okay, I think you're wrong with that for one reason. I think you, you're, you're making the wrong assumption of Jerry, and I, I know I've made this assumption before, but at least looking at the White Sox and what they've done, I know it had to happen with the change of getting rid of Kenny Williams and bringing in Rick Hahn, and there wasn't really that change there – in management, but I feel like management knows what they're getting with this team so far, and I feel like they feel like it's an analogy. Again, this is nine games out of a 82 game season. They're mm-hmm. playing fantastic basketball, and it was weird. It was really weird. Freaky yeah. Friday, pretty much. You know, well, really, two people switching play, bodies. They, they look didn't like play the worst against the Cavs, even though they lost. No, that's what I'm saying. No, no, yeah. the, 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 past the losses eight are games, close. Too. The past eight games, they look good, and mm-hmm. like that, they, they took the Cavs team to you know fourth quarter. They're playing with confidence. I feel like the skill though is going to overtake them right well, now. Net, I feel like I feel like teams are just kind of shocked right now. They're just not really sure what's going on. And I feel like Jerry, with what he's seen so far with the White Sox, this is something before with the White Sox too, where the mm-hmm. White Sox would start off hot, 
Um, we've seen them past a past couple of years. They had like a couple of good months, but the whole idea was then moving players away from the White Sox and getting value. And I feel like Jerry has that mindset of we're still making money with the Bulls. People mm-hmm. are still coming to see the Bulls. We have the brand. I feel like if people have the ability to come watch this team, like hey, you know, they're still a fun, exciting team. They're mm-hmm. young. They're not that good, but they're still you know a fun, exciting team that maybe will win some games every now and then. You get to see Chris Dunn. You get to see Laurie Markin. You get to see Zach Levine when he comes back. You're going to have people to be brought in and. And having getting rid of Rolo and getting rid of Nico isn't really going to affect those attendance stats. I feel like they're going to go away from them. If they feel like this team cannot win at all, they're going to go away from them. And I feel like it's pretty clear that this team, team cannot win, especially with the way that they started. I mean, this is a team, what, nine games ago, eight games mm-hmm. ago, only had three wins. Yeah. I mean, this is not a good team. This is a team playing with confidence right now. They've been impressive, and it's been weird, mm-hmm. but I feel like this team is going to be able to go away from that. And I feel like you're going to get the traits that Dave mentioned. You're going to get rid of Nico. You're going to get rid of Rolo. If anybody has any interest in anybody else, that's not Lori, Chris Dunn, or Zach Levine, they're going to be moved as well. And I feel like Jerry and Garpax are kind of in the mindset of a rebuild, and you're going to get a team that's going to be in the top five of this NBA draft. I hope you're right. I like. I hope you're right. However, I look at the schedule, the next three are going to be most important because I go, yeah, you know, we should lose maybe all three of these, but and I know the Boston one is kind of eh because I don't think Kyrie played when we played him on December 11th, but... We have beaten Milwaukee in this stretch. We've beaten the Knicks, so I'd be surprised with like I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls win these next three. Even though I'd love us to go zero and three, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I I think I think that you're not going to win all three, and I, I think that again, this is a team that's playing with confidence right now. But I feel like you know, especially going up against the Brad Stevens team, they have more skill and they're a better coach team, and they're going to be able to watch what's going on. They're going to be able to take away Chris Dunn's. Yeah, you we know, can abuse them on the boards, and if we can, we beat them one hundred eight to eighty five. And I know, so like we beat I them said, like. I mean, the the thing is, is you beat the Celtics because they don't have an elite uh, defender at the five. Like, Horford's been playing great, yes, Mm -hmm. but if you can abuse him at the four and the five, and you can contain Kyrie a little bit, you're in good shape. Laurie's also been hurt. Laurie's also been dealing with back injuries. The thing is, is we have three power forwards who are all playing really well right now, and Rolo, who defensively has slipped a little, but offensively is doing quite well. Ugly, but well. Mm -hmm. So I think that, like, we're always a good matchup against the Celtics. I don't expect blowouts, really, but I expect us to play everybody pretty close, which is what you want. It's what you want in a developing team. Lose close games. Like... That that's the goal, and I'm like confused because now we're winning those. We're winning those <laughs> games that we shouldn't be lose that we should be losing. So I think I think normalcy will set in. I think mm-hmm. that we will make those trades, and I think that because of that we're going to end up getting someone maybe like Aiton, maybe like Porter in the three four slot. I mean, worst case scenario, we fall back a little for a little further, and maybe it's a Bridges, maybe it's a Knox. You know, who knows? But like. Those are the kind of guys, like, we're looking to lock down, yes, we're getting rid of Rolo, but immediately want to go get that center who can be a centerpiece in somebody like Aiton, who is a monster, or somebody like Bamba, who is a defender, who can lock down the five for us. Maybe it's it's just me. I would rather see this team draft a small forward like Porter or Bridges than a big man. At least, go, at least right now, let's just let's before I go in, and we'll, we'll, I'll set I'll set a <laughs> spot where they're picking, and then we'll okay. get, I'll tell you who's off the board and who they're going to take. <laughs> All, right. All right, that's how we're going to end this this segment. At least so far, the Bulls right now are pretty much on pace where Basketball Reference would put them. Expected win loss is nine and twenty two right now. They're ten and twenty one, so obviously they're not too far off of that pace right mm-hmm. now. And you know, obviously they started off really slow. They looked like a terrible team. Only had what three wins, and yeah. obviously they've been able to come back in Stormback, um, but right now they're one of the worst teams in offensive rating. Defensive rating, they're decent right now. They're around 8, 
18th out of 30th. um, But at least uh, simple rating system, they're one of the worst teams. They're 28th out of 30 when it comes to that. (laughs) So this team, again, right now is overperforming in the past nine games. But I think that's definitely off. I think think you're seeing two extremes right now. You're seeing two extremes in nine games, and then the Mm -hmm. other games you're seeing an extreme of really bad. I feel like they're going to balance out, but they're still going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. And I feel like you're going to get a team that ends up in the top three, all right? So this is going to be a top three pick for the Chicago Bulls. Okay. This is what I'm feeling, at least. If, if people disagree, let us know in the comments. We love hearing you guys talk in the comments down below. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like the Bulls are going to you know, possibly be outside of the top ten, in the top ten, let us know in the comments below. But I'm going to put the Bulls at three right now. Off the board is going to be DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley going to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and then going to the uh, – actually, no, let's uh, – let's, uh, yeah, Bagley and, and Aiton are off the board. Mm-hmm. The Memphis and Atlanta takes them, uh, respectively. Who are the Bulls taking at three, then? In your mind, who should they go God, to? It's Michael so, Porter. So, so Doncic is on the board, Porter's on the board. I go Michael Porter. And why? Why would you go Porter For me, I go, well, and here's the thing. Like, with with if we're going Doncic, yep. it's, okay, what do we do with him, Levine? Do we move Levine then to you the three? To three like, yeah. Doncic will be a, th- a three. I would go with the, I'm going with the potential of Michael Porter over Doncic. Plus, for me personally, in most international players, don't trust them. I've been burned before in mock drafts where it's like, this guy's going to be so great, and then they come over and they're nothing. Easily the best player that I've scouted, at least in the yeah. national. Mm-hmm. And, and he's and like Manu on steroids. Like, I, I love Doncic, and I think that he is going to be fantastic. Yes, there's always the knocks on him for being a foreign player, for not being as quick as uh, uh, somebody like Porter would be. Mm-hmm. But same time, he comes in with being a professional since age 14, pretty much. Being able to play against grown men that entire time, being one of the best players in Europe and being developed as much as he has been, he's still growing and he's an accurate shooter. He's a great passer, great basketball IQ. Like there, is, the only thing that you could ask is that he somehow becomes a quicker player. Mm, qu- that's not going to happen though. I know. Um, that's what I'm saying. At least, at least uh, final thoughts because the camera's about to run out on us. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts on this. Um, I just hope we don't get Bagley. Why? Just one re- <laughs> one word. Why Doncic is is over Porter? Uh, better player. Period. That's two words. One, gonna, one word, one word why not, Porter's better than Doncic. I am going to go with the fact that, yeah, I know. That's like, not whole, a, one word. <laughs> one, one word. One word. Do you, I guess one Steph? word, potential. Thank, he did it better than you. <laughs> he said a whole sentence first. <laughs> That's true. Let us know who, but you, I gave one who would word. you take, Sean? i take Porter. I think Porter's a better player. All right. Bingo. Um, that's not anything <laughs> you said. I think he's got more potential. I think he's quicker. I think he's better for the NBA. And also looking at that, looking at, on the, at that team too. I mean, pairing you know Chris Dunn, pairing the athleticism of Zach Levine, pairing the athleticism of Michael Porter, and then also putting Laurie outside on the, on the three point range, and also having his ability to at least you know be more of just that that player. I feel like it'd be better. Um, anyways, let us know who you think the Bulls should take if they are in the top three. Should they go Porter? Should they go Doncic? Are you a big Trey Young fan? Mohamed ba- Bamba? Let us know in the comments down below. What do you think the Bulls are going to end up doing at the end of the season? Where will they be placed in the NBA draft? And who do you think they should ultimately go to? Anyways, we're moving on now, and we're talking about Anthony Davis. Woj dropped kind of a bomb. It wasn't a, it wasn't a big bomb. It wasn't a Woj nuke, but it was a bomb. <laughs> uh, dropped a Woj bomb uh, about three days ago. He released an article uh, talking about uh, Anthony Davis being the greatest 
uh, trade obsession right now in the NBA. And he pretty much sat down and talked to Anthony Davis. They talked about, you know, uh, comparing him to other players, how mm-hmm. he talks about Carl Anthony Towns, Kristaps Porzingis, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, but that it all comes back to a winning thing. Anthony Davis wants to win. It hasn't been in the playoffs right now. Obviously, we look at the playoff standings right now, 15 and 16. The Pelicans are. They're currently in the eighth spot, but that's not a for-sure lockdown thing. They've been playing better when Rondo coming back. Drew Holiday's been playing better. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins has been on fire. AD's been a little banged up. But this team right now is in the playoffs. But the whole point was that, you know, all these teams see Anthony Davis, 25 years old, number one draft pick, looks like the future, at least for, you know, when he was coming into the league, looked like a future MVP, looked like a stud, but hasn't really been able to do all of those things because he hasn't really been healthy, has been on a good team. Mm-hmm. So he remains the greatest trade obsession. The biggest thing that Anthony Davis said on there is that he wouldn't mind being a part of a super team and he wants to be winning. And, and he said, you know, you look at, the Celtics, they get Gordon Hayward, they lose Gordon Hayward, and they're still winning. They, you know, Isaiah Thomas takes his team to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they trade him. It's all about, you know, does this organization have my back? And when talking about the Pelicans, we talked about DeMarcus Cousins possibly being traded two weeks ago. Yeah. Now going to Anthony Davis. It's a thing where I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think an Anthony Davis trade is going to happen. But the whole team, that the big team that at least is out there that might trade for Anthony Davis is the Boston Celtics. They've been vigilant on them back when, before they traded for Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. back before they were looking at Jim Butler. They were looking at Anthony Davis, trying to get him, Danny Ainge wanted him, and they're still keeping their eyes out. They're vigilant on an Anthony Davis trade. So, looking at it, with the way the Celtics are currently playing, with the way the Celtics team is built, you have young players, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, obviously Gordon Hayward out, Kyrie Irving. Do you feel like this is a necessary move yes. for the Boston Celtics? I think it's net, like... There's two sides of it. Is it necessary? Yes, because I think that having Anthony Davis, and if you could have Horford and Davis, and then Kyrie, and then either Brown or Tatum, because I feel like you'd have to give up one. One of them would go. Maybe even both, like depending mm-hmm. on it. No. I look at it on Danny the other Ainge side. I know. I look at it on the other side of I don't see this happening, though, because of two things. One, if it was a straight up just my team, your team, the Celtics would have to give up so much without giving up Horford, um, Kyrie, or Tatum. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's like, yeah, we could work in a third team, but then what am I giving up to another team? What is It's going to be too complicated, I think, to make happen. But should they do it? Yeah. They yeah, should. I mean, if but all, is, it, wait, is it necessary? Is it necessary? Why is it necessary? Yes, because I think with an Anthony— <laughs> you said it was necessary, yes, but you don't think it's With an happen. Anthony Davis— I would put the Celtics over the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the whole thing is that not it's, Without, not, a, it's not a move for just right now. It's a move for the future because, again, he's young. You, he's 25 yep. years old. I you're going to have Gordon Hayward. It. Hold on. You're going to have Gordon Hayward. You're going to have Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. It's a move for the future. You're going to have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum yeah. or both if you're able to keep them. I look at it this way. Anthony Davis would, in my mind, put the Celtics over the Cavs right now and in the future, even if LeBron stays. Maybe it chases LeBron out of the East. We don't know. Not getting into that. But two, it gets you to the table to play the Warriors. Yeah, it I, gets you to that table. I think it makes them a better team, even if they do have to go with multiple people. Oh, no shit. 
I have no you're shit. one of the best players in the but NBA. There you go. One of the best players in the NBA, but he's never healthy and he's never consistently healthy. And he's always got these concerns about can he take this game to the next level? We watched him pop off for like 50 and 20 for the first, you know, two weeks of the season last he year. Have but to pop off for 50. Well, that's that's the one thing is usage yeah. is going to go down, so he's going to be playing less minutes. He doesn't have to be the guy putting the team on his back, which and is his perfect role. I mean, if you watch him play in college, like his, his thing was, I don't have to score points to win my team games. And, and that's, he I didn't feel, score in the national championship, I believe. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, he he did not score, and that's that's the best thing. It's like he's a defensive monster. He's got mm-hmm. length. He's got height. Like, and he's super athletic. So he's everything you want in a stopper of a five. And he has a great offensive game because now he can start to stretch the floor. He's a perfect fit for this Boston team. Can they make the move to get him? They could. They have draft picks to move. They have enough firepower. It's just like it's the contract. Said, it's the contract that you have to make work for this team, and it's finding that third team who will accept people. Because mm-hmm. I think Jalen Brown easily is the odd man out between him and Tatum. I think Tatum. Why is, do you feel that? I think Tatum is already a stud of a shooter. He's a good defender. Good at good at snatching rebounds. Extra year on the contract. Extra year on the contract. But I just think he has a higher top end. Jalen Brown is good. He's a good defender, and he is uh, a great slasher. But his shot is not confident. And he has some questions when it comes to basketball IQ, the, the decisions he makes on the court. So you're saying that not you're saying that Jason Tatum would be untouchable in your mind. I, I would. Okay. I, I would think Tatum is the guy you're trying to keep if you're the Celtics because you're gonna you're gonna have to go but up you, somebody. Of course, you know. Of course, you want to keep him. Of course, like yeah. if you're picking Tatum or Brown, not only for the reasons you mentioned, but you, they, I think they want to keep Tatum. Tatum was yeah. their guy this yeah. year. He's younger, like you guys mentioned, more more control. He looks like he has the ability defensively and offensively. He's one of the best three point shooters right now when it comes to percentages yeah. in the league. It's for sure that they want to keep Tatum, but the whole thing is that you're getting rid of Anthony Davis, a guy that is supposed to be you know, one of the best players in the NBA, top 10 player in the NBA. Yeah. Wouldn't the Pelicans be like, well, no, we want Tatum? It's multiple ones. That's, that's the deal. You know, They've got you know that Lakers pick-ish. They've got the Clippers pick-ish. They've got the Memphis pick-ish. Like, you're talking you got, about Boston. Yes. Yeah. You have firepower. You have uh, Remember this stockpile of picks that Danny mm-hmm. Ainge has cultivated on this team? And, you know, what they're going to flip that over to. We always talk about him blue-balling us on all of these, like, oh, the Celtics could do this, the well, Celtics could do that. They finally They finally Kyrie. pulled the trigger props. on Kyrie, and that's cool. But, like, there's a certain history to this. And that's why when you first brought up the story, I was cracking up. Because it's like, if this is a Bill Simmons thing, I'm just going to toss it away as Bill Simmons being Bill Simmons. Like, we mm-hmm. all know the man is a, every week. It's five reasons why the Celtics are going to get somebody. Yeah. So, I, I whatever. But because it's Woj, because there's some credibility to it, I, I do think that they could pull the trigger. They have the firepower. They have the people. It's just a matter of, like Ricky said, I think maybe finding that third team to pivot off of. Again, we don't know if there's for sure talks going on. Woj just well, said that the not. Celtics... Be like tampering or we something. Just, we just know... Well, no. <laughs> oh, it's no, not tampering. tampering. Yeah. What the fuck? He's not free agent. I'm sorry. You're a moron. Uh, I love you, but you're a moron. Words. Come on. Words. Uh, again, we don't know if this is for sure. I doubt it's for sure because, again, right now the Pelicans are in the playoffs. They have DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, Drew Holiday, they have Rondo, they have AD, obviously. They have, right now, the AFC, the, the playoffs. So I, I mm-hmm. doubt they're going to be moving on, especially having the control over Anthony Davis. It's yeah. just the fact that he's still lingering on and that he still is a possible trade candidate. And, you know, even though, you know, Boston did get Kyrie, that they're still trying to get Anthony Davis. They're still trying to load up, even though they have two great wings in the future in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Obviously, if they were in Hayward next year, they have Al Horford. They have, like, a pretty decent decently built I'd call team. Him okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean the the whole thing is that he's still a obsession for the NBA that people still want it because right now you could probably say that so far his career's been wasted right now in New Orleans, Anthony Davis that is, hasn't been to the playoffs, mm-hmm. has been injured, has been put, you know, a ton of pressure on him so far, has 
and you know really given no help and try to give him some help with Drew Holiday, et cetera, et cetera. They've been trying to give him help, but you know it hasn't worked out so far. And people have been like, well, we want to get him when he's healthy and when he's in his prime, yep. and that's why he's the biggest obsession right now. Do you understand the obsession? And yes, I mean, like, like from other teams to him. Yeah. Yes, and the reason why is this comes back to the argument that I feel like I say each and every time I talk basketball is mm-hmm. look at the Pelicans. If this was the 90s, they'd be one of the best teams in the NBA because they'd have the best front court in the NBA. However, we're not in the 90s. We're in a game where just because you have the best front court, you're the 15th best team. Jordan didn't have the best front court. No, no, no. What I'm saying is... (laughs) LeBron would still be dominating. No, that's what I'm saying is in the, like... It comes down to the argument of what they said of, I'll take this. When they were talking about Kobe this week mm-hmm. on everywhere, they're like, who would you take, Kobe or Shaq or Michael and Scotty? And every single person that was asked that question went, well, what rules are we playing by? If we're playing by today's rules, Michael and Scotty. If we're playing 90s and early 2000s, I'll take Kobe and Shaq because of the dominant big man. Like Anthony Davis... He can work, but he can't work as the number one if de facto on a team. And I look at the Pelicans. Right now, they're the last team to be out of the lottery. If that happens, it's like, well, what kind of pick are we going to have there? Davis is not a free agent until 2021. Who knows what my body is going to be like when I'm the if de facto number one person on this team. Although, yeah, I have Boogie for some time right now. We don't know if that's going to be all the at way until the, the contract end of, yeah, ends. At least to the end of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I was Anthony yeah, Davis, with you forever. I want to go and win too because I don't see the Pelicans being a championship team by the end of his contract, which would make him 28. No, he says in that that, that whole thing that he wants to mm-hmm. win, that, yeah. that you're, you're judged on winning. Um, so that's the whole big thing that he wants and to do. And also, just, much. Want, just want to do one thing. Uh, fact check, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Davis did score points in the uh, in the championship game. He was yeah. one for ten from the field. I, then yeah. it was four the second for, half he didn't score four, at all. One of those halves he didn't yeah. score. Four for six from yeah. the free throw line. He had six points total. Uh, six blocks, though. Mm-hmm. 16 rebounds, five assists. Yeah. Uh, three steals. He was unreal in that game, even though he didn't. Yep. Uh, score any points, but at least looking at Anthony Davis again, I, I understand why this obsession is there. And, and if you could put in a good words there, Ricky mm-hmm. is, is again, you look at him 25 years old, he's a monster out there. He yeah. can shoot from the outside, he can take it in, he can attack. He's a monster on the low block, mm-hmm. he's a great defender. I mean, there's everything that you want there, but again, we haven't seen his full potential because he hasn't been on a great team. And even with DeMarcus there, it's probably not the best pair you can. Like obviously it's a great pair, but like that's not the yeah. best thing for Anthony Davis to really show off his best skills. If you had a you know a, a point forward to really set him up mm-hmm. or a better point guard that you know could be dangerous hey. from the outside, like you watch for, yourself like a three. What Rondo? I'm saying like a, a Steph Curry. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'm saying Steph I'm saying Curry, like anybody, a, make him look no, like a better just, player. I'm saying like shocked. No, but like you would say like Demarcus Cousins is a top ten player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm absolutely. saying if you add a different top ten player who's like a facilitator yes. and right. scorer. That's going to be a better pair with Anthony yeah, the Davis. Is, that's you what know, I'm you, you get saying. what's available. I'm not, not many saying, top 10 players are on I'm the not market. making the well, talk, hot take that hey, Steph Curry's better than let, fucking Rajon Rondo. <laughs> let me put it this way, and this might be hot takey. Take DeMarcus Cousins out of New Orleans, insert Kyrie in, or insert Isaiah Thomas in. It's a completely different team. Yeah, the, yeah. the problem and it's is a winning team. they put themselves Whoa. into a bad situation with contracts. Mm-hmm. And because of those bad contracts, they were locked down in what options they could make. Boogie was the only top 10, top 15 player out there on the market, 
and they made the deal. They got him in town, which is awesome. They could do mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I agree. The pairing isn't exactly perfect. You have Boogie as a uh, a center who has great ball handling skills, good good passer, great shooter from the outside, and Davis who is a down low bruiser who can stretch the floor now. Like great, you got two bigs. I'm just but yeah. you're stuck with Drew Holiday who's healthy for like 30 days out of the year. Mm-hmm. You got Rondo who old, still good, yeah. but you're you're not going to carry that team into a championship win. I was just saying. The reason why he's the biggest obsession in the NBA is because that potential has always been there, right. and people still feel like that potential hasn't been reached. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I, him I and Bismack the, Biombo are my, my two top top guys with a uh, waste of potential. I brought up and, and yeah, and I, I just I'm just saying the potential's still there, and people want to bring him. Yeah. And I, I think should they? I don't know if it's really going to be a feasible option. I think that's the reason why it won't mm-hmm. happen. And again, you look at everything that the Celtics have brought up. And that they have right now, you mentioned the load of draft picks. You mentioned Jason Tatum. You mentioned Jalen Brown. Terry Rozier still a Scare guy that people Terry. want as well. Um, yep. You look at Marcus Smart. He's Expiring still contract. as well. Um, I, I, f- I still look at it, and I feel like it's not going to happen. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to get traded anytime soon. No. I feel like if he's going to get traded, it's going to be near that end of the contract when you know, New Orleans is probably like, all right, we can't keep him around. Um, I think that's going to be something big. I don't feel like New Orleans would trade him at all because that's the only player right now that's probably going to make him money for the next five years. The face of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I mean, Drew Holiday is not going to be making him money. And then mm-hmm. people aren't going to be coming to see Drew Holiday. People aren't going to be coming to see contract. They you know, a, a 16th round, uh, 16th pick in the NBA draft. Right now, Anthony Davis is the reason New Orleans is making money. They're losing money right now, but like the only reason that they're closer to you know breaking even right now is because of Anthony Davis. And again, I don't think this is going to be something that happens anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is going to be something that never goes away. And I think it's yeah. maybe going to be similar to Marcus Cousins. You know, every single year we brought up is Demarcus Cousins going to be traded? He's a cancer it's to like the Kings. Two you know, plus years at he, least. He yeah. still wants to be moved. I think the biggest thing though is that Anthony Davis really hasn't said that he wants to be traded. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he wants to win. He, he hasn't denied that he doesn't well, want to trade. But here's the thing. thing. Once the door opens a crack, and that's what I feel like this is, by saying the whole, you can say like, oh, by him saying that, yeah, winning matters, mm-hmm. that that's him trying to light a fire under the Pelicans' behinds to uh, get them going. But <laughs> let's be completely honest. If they're the 15th pick in the draft where they are right now, if the season ended today, you're not going to get that one player that magically makes you – a winning franchise. Probably I not. think that that's more of a comment like, hey, I would like to win at some point, and eventually, if things are like they are right now, I'm going to start asking for trades. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's so out of his personality that he would ask for a trade ever, which is why I'm like, yeah, he, he's there. He's a nice, quiet kid, mm-hmm. and it, it's a shame because at like 24, we've watched, what, he's been in the league for four years already, five years, something like that? Yeah, longer than that. Like, he probably came in when he's like 19. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's a shame that we're seeing this. And I see why the Celtics want him because it's their biggest need right now. It's their biggest weakness. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's a high asking price for a lot of years left on a contract that you're going to leave this uh, New Orleans team without anything. So Shit, I was saying he was 25. He's 24. Yeah, he's yeah. 24 the whole time. Yeah. He's I, been I, the league I don't want to correct years. you. Well, you should have corrected me. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. been on the, he's been on the, the league for five years. I, I, hey, I would Woj put it as 25. Yeah, they, he will be 25 in three March. months. Yeah. But so. just I, to put it in perspective, he's Brandon's age. Him and Brandon are the same age. Yeah, look at look what they've That's done with weird. their careers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both of them have not won a playoff game. Yes, That's true. <laughs> um, but one has a national championship in college. I I just I, I don't feel like it's gonna happen. I feel like it, 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 of course again of course like kind of what, we, what Ricky said. I don't think I don't know if it's necessary for the Celtics to win again. I feel like what no. I could see going down is nothing happens this year. 
Celtics, well, here's the thing. This is the most crazy thing I'll say. Nothing happens this year. Boston loses to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals and then feel like, shoot, we need a defensive. We need a defensive force or someone to help down low. And then next year at the earliest, we get the hard talks for Davis to Boston. Mm-hmm. Potentially that, but you got you got to watch out this year for the bargain defenders down though. You could go get Roll, you could go get DeAndre Jordan, you could go get mm-hmm. some of these guys who could fill that spot for well, you and at a at bargain of the price. Possibly the trade for Rolo too. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about that last time in the Bulls segment, I was just thinking, yeah. why not trade him to Rolo? Him, but, I mean, yeah. he he destroyed you last year on the board, so yeah. why not just go get someone that that, that I, destroyed you? I would you on refuse to take Aaron Baines though. I hate that kid. That's fair. Um, but at least looking at Anthony Davis, three more years. Um, I feel like if the talk picks up, he's going to get traded near that 2019, 2020 year. He's going to be mm-hmm. 26 years old, like a 27 mil. Um, then he's got one more year after that. So it's going to be probably similar to that boogie contract mm. for there. Um, they're just lucky that that, uh, that salary didn't trigger because uh, he didn't make the, oh, yeah. uh, the first team or whatever like it was. Uh, but overall, I don't think it's going to happen. Should they? Of course. It's Anthony Davis. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Um, and it's going to make your team better. And having Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, or Jason Tatum, and Anthony Davis, that makes your team better. And as, again, the whole lingering of mm-hmm. is LeBron going to stay or not um, is definitely Let still me just, out there. I want to ask this right at the end. If it was a deal where it's like, okay, we got a deal in place, but Horford has to be in the deal, and you are basically switching Horford for Davis, yes. do you do it? Yes. 100%. Okay. Well, I, I would not even blink. Okay. Like just the ones I would look at would be if if they said Brown and Tatum, okay. like no, I would, not, I would not include been, both. Yeah, he, he he would get moved in a heartbeat for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, you're upgrading. You're still upgrading for you know getting in because ideally Davis. I'm looking at it as hey let's add Davis have him at the five Horford at the four right and then like thinking long term then you have Tatum Hayward and Kyrie. Yeah, but then again, you also get rid of Horford, Horford's contract as well. Mm-hmm. That's something, too, where you know in yeah. the next three years, Horford's contract might not be great. Right now he's playing yeah. great, but I would easily trade Anthony Davis for Al Horford. I mean, yep. obviously there's going to be more to that. Um, I feel like it's not going to happen, though. I feel mm-hmm. like we're all in agreement with that. But it, it is interesting, again. like Because you know, Boston does have the, they have the assets. If, if, if they want to make it happen, they could make it happen. The if, only other team that has close to the assets are the Hawks, and they're not making any moves. <laughs> They're the he, only team on, that has like multiple Didn't firsts. Didn't he want to play for uh, for a winner? Yeah. No, no, I know. He doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to move. My point. My point is undefeated. Couple. He doesn't want to move a couple. <laughs> my states point over. is there's no other winners with the amount of no. assets. No, there are not. No. Uh, I mean, well, you got thanks Brooklyn. Cleveland with K Love and that Brooklyn pick. The Brooklyn uh, pick that keeps wash. falling. I don't know. That's a wash. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I'm just yeah. saying they have, they have some assets. I mean, Golden State has nothing. Mm-hmm. Clearly, but we're just Golden some State doesn't. We're suckers as Bulls fans. We're like we're gonna hold out till he's a free agent. Maybe, maybe bring him home. Rockets as well. <laughs> hey, when he, that contract's <laughs> up, he, when that contract's <laughs> up, thirty-year-old Anthony Davis. When that contract's up, twenty-eight. Yeah, when that contract's up, he's gonna be twenty-eight. Close so he's still enough. be in his yeah, prime. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, let us know what you think about Anthony Davis to Celtics. I don't think I think we we came into this topic knowing that nothing was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's still interesting to talk about because he is such a great player. He's a polarizing player. Obviously, the talks are always you know interesting to mm-hmm. to bring up. Like, could it possibly happen? And looking at this team, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Anthony Davis, Brown, or uh, Tatum. That's a that's a team that could probably win a championship. I mean, that's that's a team that really you don't have an answer for uh, at that five if you're Golden State, if you're Cleveland, you probably never have an answer for it because you know probably one of the best big men, if not the best big man, and the other best big man's on his team right now, <laughs> into Marcus Cousins. But anyways, uh, that's gonna wrap up that topic. 
But anyways, we're moving now into our final topic. We're talking about Isaiah Thomas and what he will bring to the Cavs once he is ready. Looking at it, he suited up for the Bulls game, was not going to be playing, um, and he's been ruled out for the Warriors game. But according to NBA.com, it says that Isaiah Thomas will be playing or could be playing for the Cavs next week. So he will be out there at some point. He's been down in the G League for a little bit. It was called up. Um, so he's been back and forth for the Cleveland Cavaliers, practicing with them, and he should be ready soon. Obviously, he was a big part of that Isaiah, uh, not, not the Isaiah Thomas trade, the Kyrie Irving trade. Um, but <laughs> I hope Isaiah Thomas was, was a big part, part of, of the yeah, Isaiah yeah. Thomas deal. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Uh, big part of that Kyrie Irving trade. Um, and obviously, Cavs have been playing really well so far. LeBron having one of his best years ever mm-hmm. at 33, 32 years old. Um, so, I mean, looking at it, what do you think that Isaiah Thomas will bring to this Cavs team, either that they're missing or either that they can improve on? Because obviously he's a great player, obviously going to be the best point guard they have out there mm-hmm. once he's fully healthy. But what specifically will Isaiah Thomas bring to this, at least Cleveland Cavaliers team? Well, for me, the most important thing is LeBron won't have to do it all himself. Like, we won't yeah. see the games where it's like, well, LeBron playing point guard out there and he's just doing it all himself. He'll be like, hey. I actually have a point guard. I'm LeBron gonna you can play do, off ball? I'm going to let you do you, and I'm going to go back to just being good in other facets of the game because that's what I do. Every other. Like, that's the biggest thing to me where LeBron doesn't have to do everything, mm-hmm. and he's got a guy like he did last year in Kyrie. Yeah, no, I think it's a good balance to the team because you bring out another outside score, you bring out somebody who is a phenomenal ball handler, helps them with their pick-and-roll game. I mean, no disrespect to Jose Caldron, but, like, it's a slight upgrade over him. Mm-hmm. And it also will continue to balance out their team because now you push him back onto the second unit and you can split time with another primary ball handler. I know Dwayne Wade has thrived with that second unit, but bring Caldron, a guy who's shooting above 40% from three in his career, a guy who's consistently shooting really well this year. He just doesn't take many shots. Um, and then also the fact you can bounce in Isaiah and LeBron. You'll never have a time when you don't have a primary ball handler who you don't trust out there. Like, I love Wade, but he's not consistent, you know? He'll yeah. play up for the games, he'll play down for games. Well, and obviously right now, LeBron's playing a ton of minutes so far. You he's don't been say. <laughs> absolutely insane so far, but he's leading the league in minutes uh, so far, total minutes played, and he's playing about 37.3 mm-hmm. per game, so yep. absolutely ridiculous. It's obviously going to give him a break. His usage isn't that high. I mean, it's, it's pretty much par for the course yep. for what LeBron's been doing so far. I mean, 31, so it's not crazy. Last year, uh, Isaiah had a usage of 34 for the Celtics, so obviously he's a guy that can handle a load. Obviously, that's terrible phrasing. Um, <laughs> Save he's obviously one. a guy that can handle a workload. Um, a workload? Oh, that's what uh, talking about, yeah. What kind of work is he doing? Uh, <laughs> but obviously he could be a guy that could take pressure off LeBron James. A little, um, little bit of pressure relief there? A little stress relief? Take over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just he does great things for this team. <laughs> Ricky, please. At least going on. All right. LeBron. <laughs> I get the joke. <laughs> All right, fuck. Uh, but Isaiah last year was obviously Mr. Fourth Quarter. LeBron's been doing that so far for the Cavs. Um, yes. And, and he doesn't have to bring that. Well, but, Kyle Korver, but yeah. Well, I mean, LeBron's leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. I know. I'm just saying. Because Korver. Korver's been fantastic. So because of Kyle Korver, LeBron, LeBron James yes. is leading the NBA in fourth 100%, quarter scoring. 100%. That makes the no sense. The logic flows. Transitive property. Yep. Let's go with that. I don't know. I it, just threw something Corbett's been fantastic in the fourth for them, which means people actually have to cover him in the corners, and with all his movement, LeBron has better opportunities. Okay, but anyways, um, what do you think this lineup's going to look like when we have it's Isaiah be, Thomas out there? It's going to be crazy, because I still 
I'm not 100% sold on Tristan Thompson being like dead to rights. I think he still has some value in limited minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would put, I would be happy running out there with having Isaiah at the one, um, JR at the two, LeBron, K-Love, and TT. I think that lineup is solid top to bottom, and I think the only question really with his return is like, how do you split the minutes? Because like I said, we with having LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and IT, all those primary ball handlers, if Derrick Rose decides to play basketball again this year, you have another guy who is, you know, ISO heavy. So I like the fact that you know what Isaiah can do. He creates great opportunities with pick and roll, mm-hmm. pick and pops. Kevin Love is going to benefit hugely from this. I wonder if um Jay Crowder will return to becoming like a decent basketball player. Maybe, yeah. you know, some synergy there. But like it's it's gonna open up their offensive game so much. The question then becomes defensively, now that you have to deal with Isaiah Thomas on your team, how are you going to make up for that? Well, and looking at it, I mean, so far the recent lineup has been Jose Calderon, Jay Crowder, LeBron James, K-Love, yeah. and J.R. Smith. That's been really the go-to five that they've been going for. Obviously, Calderon's going to get bumped. That's yeah. going to put Isaiah Thomas in. Maybe that's why you would go to maybe a Tristan Thompson because, you know, he, he is long, he is athletic, he is, you know, decent defensively where Isaiah Thomas is complete trash out there yeah. and, and jr isn't that great defensively oh, I don't want to he say can that. when he tries hard he, he's good yeah but again how much is he gonna be trying you know yeah. early into the season true true I, and, and defensively they have picked it up with with you know with the switch to weirdly enough jose calderon yeah. going over so i mean maybe possibly when they first bring him in isaiah thomas maybe he would be six man i mean i no, kind of work you don't make him but, a six man no but working him in like working, like are you going to put him in rim minutes restriction, or are you going to put him into the starting lineup right away? Because right now the starting lineup has been working well. Jose yep. Calderon, uh, Jay Crowder, LeBron James, K Love, J.R. Smith. You don't want to push him too much because you don't want to be injured again. You want to be able to keep him rested and healthy. Mm-hmm, yeah. And maybe you can weirdly see a pairing of D Wade and Isaiah Thomas offensively, at least uh, uh, you know coming off the bench to start, not right away. And that, <laughs> not, I'm not saying for like you know the first two months. I'm saying for like you know first two weeks. I mean yeah. that would bring some dynamic to at least ease in Isaiah Thomas into NBA games. Well, I mean, and I mean, it'd be crazy. The good thing with that is they could obviously do that because it's not like by having Isaiah come off the bench and ease him into a starting role, it's not like you're magically going to fall below the Pacers in the playoff standings. It's like you're going to stay there, maybe be neck and neck with the Raptors, and really you only need Isaiah to be starter Isaiah at the top of his game when you get to the playoffs. Which I think got you guys time are crazy. Until I mean, are you forgetting this is the kid who dropped like 30 a game last year who I, just absolutely not, dominated yeah, the offensive I'm, game? I'd rather I'm, have that in the playoffs than I, risk I something early on. You're not risking anything. You bring him back for 15, 20, 25 minutes. You build him up over a couple of games. But I'm not saying he has to come and drop, you know, play 37 mm-hmm. minutes a night like LeBron. But you don't bring him back with the second. You want him to get that comfortability I'm, with the first team. You want him to get in a groove okay. with the guys who he's going to be playing with when it matters most. I don't like, disagree I don't with that, but you also have to, a ton of time to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's January until April. You have a ton of time to get, know, get got, that comfortability. You, know, like 40 games you don't want to mess it up. You don't want them to, to... I'm not saying, like, it's demotion. But, I'm just saying, you if you're going to have the, the, the starting lineup that's currently working for you right now, Jay Crowder, working Jose Calderon... Working a strong move, because Crowder's, Crowder's been awful. No, like, but I'm saying they've been winning. Yes. Like, they've been winning with that lineup. That's what yep. I'm saying by working. I'm not yeah. saying Jay Crowder's been great. That's not what I'm saying by working. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. saying that they've been winning ball games yeah. So far, they've been on their best run since, you know... November 11th all the way to the 21st of December. I mean, this lineup's been working for him so far. So I'm just saying, go with the lineup that's working so far. You could put him into situations where he comes in for Calderon right away. You get him into the game early, yeah. and then you're able to switch him out. And then you know, off the bench, you have Isaiah Thomas, D-Wade, 
and Tristan Thompson out there and Channing Fry, guys that can shoot, also Kyle Korver, it's going to be able to open up Isaiah Thomas on the screens. D-Wade can handle the ball. He can pass it off to Isaiah Thomas. He can get him open. He can get him comfortable into running off screens against worse defenders. He doesn't have to do as much, you know, going up against top-level defenders when he's going up against second units against teams. I'm just saying this is just for easing him <laughs> back in. I'm not saying that he's not going to touch, you know, if they want to start him right away and then pull him a couple minutes in, you know, play him, you know, first five minutes of the game with LeBron, K-Love, uh, Jay Crowder, whatever the starting mm-hmm. five is going to be. If you want to do that and you want to start him off that way, I feel like that would be smart. But I feel like, again, he's going to play probably, you know, maybe 18 minutes at, you know, the least and then well, 25 at the most. He's not mm-hmm. going to play that many minutes. And maybe you can go to a second unit where he's going up with him and D. Wade and Tristan Thompson and see if you can really, you know, take advantage of that mismatch. And the reason why I would go more towards like what Sean is saying is because one thing we talked about earlier, LeBron can actually get rest now. Mm-hmm. If you put... If you're going to say, okay, I'm putting IT on a minutes restriction, but I'm going to start him with LeBron, that makes Ty Lue's job, who we've all criticized before, makes his job harder into, okay, when do I take LeBron out because IT's minutes are here and I can only play him this many minutes per game, and where we talked about with giving him confidence against Lesser guys. He's going up against second unit Who's guys the, to where Dave. I we're, get we're talking that about he, one of the best offensive yeah, players no, in the league last year. And I'm the not, best against starters. And against I'm not everyone saying in the this league. Is a and you're saying he needs to play against second unit guys to build his confidence. No, I'm is not. Is he like Bam? No, I'm saying no, 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 I'm not saying to build his <laughs> confidence. Like a school. I'm not saying to build his confidence. I'm saying if I am looking at it, success of the Cavs to let's say it's two weeks, like Sean said, I'll send you out against second unit guys because then we can in my mind, build that scoring margin to help win games and then put you in situations where you're playing along first unit guys as well. Look, LeBron James is maybe going to go down a minute, minute and a half tops in his, in his minutes per game. Like, that's not going to change that yeah, much. Yeah, that's because significant for LeBron James. Maybe. I said maybe a minute. Maybe a minute. That, that's, that's realistically what we're talking about. I don't think maybe it will go down. Like I, his I minutes know. are going to go down with IT being It's back. not like IT is becoming, you know, the next power forward, small forward for them. So, I mean, it's not, they don't have a direct replacement for LeBron. No, but I mean, sure. look at like when they had Kyrie. Kyrie didn't play small forward or shooting guard, but LeBron did take chunks off in games. Yeah, where it's but like, his hey, minutes, I'm he's been playing the same change. amount of minutes. Yeah, that's, he's, I mean, he's, his entire that's, career. That's wrong. I mean, like last year, LeBron played pretty much the same amount of minutes. I think he's playing, just yeah, but before, I think he's playing like 38, 30, 30, he's playing like. Yeah, but like the year before was 35. It was, he was two minutes is. Big for the best player in the league. Yeah. Oh, okay. The point is, you want to have your best player out there as much as possible. He's LeBron. He knows his limits. Ty Lue isn't exactly the coach of the year, so it's on LeBron to kind of match his own minutes and tell you when he needs to be in and out of games. Again, I'm not worried about that. I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas is a bad player and should be on the second <laughs> unit. What I'm saying is, this guy's coming off a hip flexor. Yeah. This guy's old. I'm mm-hmm. just I mean, old. <laughs> he's 29. And so, okay, but he's. Is he even twi- he's 29, right? Yeah, he's 29. I'm not saying he's like old ass man out there, but I'm just saying he's still prime. He, he's a guy that still, again, isn't really, you know, isn't going to be recovering like a 20 year old. He's mm-hmm. not going to be recovering like Michael Porter Jr. from an injury. I'm just saying for maybe the first two weeks, Dave, <laughs> which would be like six games, maybe he plays a little bit more with the second unit. 
to build up some confidence, to make sure he's not ex- you know, uh, putting, pushing himself too far when he's coming back from his rehab because he's not probably 100%. I don't think that's so crazy because you don't want to he's ruin him again don't bring him back. and hurt him. You got no need to. But you got again, no rush. Even, but 100%, he's not in game shape right now. Yeah. It's not like he's a, like 100% doesn't mean 100% healthy. 100% means 100% ready to go against NBA competition every single like, night. If he wasn't ready, he wouldn't have spent five hours in that G League before he got brought back up again. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, dumbass. Five hours. <laughs> Greatest practice ever. Just to put it into perspective, two weeks from today would be five games there for the go. Cavs. Well, so he's going to come back be next a total. week. Yeah, something like that. I so, mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, okay. At the end of the I think, day, I think I what they're going to do is just to start yep. him off, they're going to put him in the starting lineup, Yep. play him for like maybe five, seven minutes to start mm-hmm. it off, and then they're going to rotate out, and I don't think he's going to be with the first unit for that many, maybe you know, two or three more rotations, but I don't think it's going to be significant minutes that he's going to be playing with the first unit. I think he's going to be playing a, a little bit more with the second unit to build up that confidence to go up against some second guys for five fucking games, Dave. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. What, what's I, I hilarious? Do. What, why, do you think he should be getting you know 30 minutes right away, playing with the first uh, no, unit and, and being the guy that they're relying on? I told you. Go 15, 20, 25, 30. Like, that's perfectly fine. Four okay, games of wrap all, all with the first unit. I, I don't think you can stagger like you can stagger lineups well. That it's not a concern. My my concern is having him and LeBron on the court at the same time, and having probably him, LeBron, and Caleb are the three key pieces. Like obviously, if you get them fifteen minutes of time together, I'm happy. Like that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for they need to play thirty minutes, same lineup, nobody nobody breaks. Like that's just I'm not saying that. I know we're, we're both going to extremes here. The point is he's going to come back. He's going to be a starter. And he's going to make them a better team because offensively, he just makes opportunities for everybody. No shit, he's going to make them a better team. Right? I'm not saying he's not going to make them a better team. I mean, yeah. this team's going to be the number one team, number one seed yeah. in the in the in the Eastern I, I Conference. Think the, I think the what it's all said and done is like, I mean, if D Rose decides to play, would you even bring him back though? Well, he's he's coming back right now. He's progressing to shot uh, spot shooting according to Casey like, Johnson. You have Jose Calderon who's shooting over. I think this year like 40, 40. I, I think he's about forty percent both, and or maybe fifty percent. It's something crazy. And you have Wade, you have Jr., you got mm-hmm. Shumpert. Like, are you gonna? How are you making minutes? Fifty percent from three, and yeah. Fifty percent from the field. Exactly. Fifty. Um, fifty. Let me put it but, the, but D Rose is still better than Jose Calderon. I mean, like, but he, he he's uh, better, he's but not, in different ways. Yeah, he's well, not. He's not. Jose per, is a great fit for the team as a shooter. Here's the question yes. I was gonna ask to put it to this sense: Best of seven series, you're going up against Boston. Who'd you feel more confident in your backup point guard, D Rose or Calderon? I'd go D Rose. It depends what you need. I, I, and it gives them a great chance because well, if they you, need someone who's going to run ISO and what drive, what do you think they would need D-Rose. in a best of seven against Boston? Because that is what shooting. it leads to. Hundred percent shooting. That's that's going to go to Calderon. But then again, I wouldn't I wouldn't pass up yeah. having D Rose because D Rose can still make your and make his shots. And yeah, you still have can, Channing Fry. You still have Kyle Korver. You still have that shooting out there. Right. I mean, D Wade when he's opening can hit a three. I mean, I feel like D Rose again. We don't know exactly what he's going to bring. That's the thing is, what shapes he going to be? Yeah. How how well how confident is he when he's driving? That's, I think. There's a lot of questions. You're going to know what you're going to get from from Jose Calderon. <laughs> yep. And you, that's that's one thing. But with D. Rose, you still have that potential again of what if. If he's healthy, D. Rose is putting up 18 points a game like yep. he did last yeah, year. scary. So, I don't know. IT, um, IT coming back is just huge for this team, though. Like, how, do you, how do you feel? They're, they're a great team already. And then you just drop in one of the best scores in the league last year. How do you feel IT and LeBron will work together? Awesome. I, I, I just What about it? Like I think the fact that... Like I said, the splitting of the primary ball handling duties is big, but also the, the ability to create for your team. Because right now, the only person who can create his own shot is LeBron, and 
K-Love part-time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not even full-time. He's part-time. Sometimes he just takes the place from the corner D-Wade and does his thing. D-Wade off the bench, thing. too. And D- D-Wade off the bench, but that's, like, half-hazardously sometimes, not even to their benefit. Um, IT is a great creator. Like I said, the pick-and-roll game is going to be incredible. The pick-and-pop game with K-Love and Korver and Channing Fry, like you said, gain better shots for all the guys in this team. Remember how many times Isaiah Thomas would turn that corner, drive down the lane, and just kick it out and kick it around to somebody else for a better shot. And those, it's that first pass that leads to the second pass that leads to the wide-open shot. And that's what I'm looking to see with a more balanced offense and a less ISO-centric. What we looked at this team was like, we're going to have four guys out there playing ISO. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, um, Kevin Love, and Derrick Rose, and Isaiah, even mm. Isaiah Thomas. Like, nah, no. I, I see a lot more passing coming in. I see their assist numbers going up. I think that they'll play better team basketball. The question is, you know, when we come back to crunch time, are we going Mr. Fourth Quarter Isaiah Thomas? Are we going LeBron James, who's been shutting it down as of late on you go teams? LeBron. Uh, you go LeBron. You go LeBron. Um, at least going, looking at it, uh, Dave, do you feel like they're going to use the screens that were so effective for oh, Isaiah yeah. Thomas last year? Yeah, I, I think. Do you feel like that's going to be in the repertoire for Tyloo? I think it absolutely should be. If they don't, I'd be surprised because he had such a high level of success using it last year. And you have smart players like LeBron, like K-Love, who are going to be able to set screens for you on smaller guys without a problem. And they have enough agility, speed, quickness to move out of there and create shots. Ricky. The only thing I would change to that is Ty Lue won't be making that call. LeBron will. Yeah, I mean, that's LeBron will be saying, hey, dude, let's, get you, let's, get, let's get you some, uh, some more screening <laughs> action. I just I look just at this. Just keep stepping over and putting down. Yeah, gotta step <laughs> just keep you got to look it. down while you step over them, too. Oh, but uh, the thing, like, I am excited for this to happen because I think that if I'm going to put it simply in mm-hmm. my mind, how I look at this is it's going to be similar to not the same because I don't want to take anything away from Kyrie, but similar to LeBron Kyrie, but with less ego. I don't know about that. Because um, Kyrie, there was, there was you guys say there was a little bit of ego, ego from Kyrie. Less ego, but I don't know if it's going to be exactly the same. Well, no, it's Kyrie's ego came in the sense of this is I want this no, to be my I team. Whereas, I don't disagree with the ego okay. thing. I, I disagree I with it. It's going to be the same. No, no, I that's disagree. why I said like it's. I don't want to take anything away, but similar, similar to that, but with less ego. I don't know. Um, final question I had was mm-hmm. it coming back, looking at what the Cavs have been doing so far. Doesn't make them the favorites to win at all. Uh, let me see how he plays. Let win me at see. All. Let me see how he plays <laughs> no, when he comes not back. The, not the East. To the, make it no. Nut up. Make it. Make a this, Make a hot this take. roster as it stands today. This roster to beat the Warriors. No, not going to beat the Warriors. Say no. No D Rose to beat the Warriors. We'll, we'll, we'll take no D Rose. The roster yeah. that it is to beat the Warriors to no. win it all. Not a chance. I. I think not there's a chance. chance. Not a chance in hell. I think there's a to chance to beat the Warriors. Not a chance in hell to beat the Warriors. No. Do you feel like they're? I'd favor the Warriors and. Five games again, five six. Really? Yeah. Do you feel? Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So that's. Uh, a, do you feel? Do you feel that they're the best opponent to take down the Warriors? No. What do you think? Is I think Boston. Boston would have a better series than they both lose to the Warriors, but out of the whole NBA, what I'm saying. Out of the whole NBA, the yeah. Rockets. Hey. Yeah. The Rockets are the best challengers to the Warriors. Hey. I thought we were just talking East. No, I was. Oh yeah. I was, no, Rockets are the best chance better. to take down the Warriors. So you Will put the they? Cavs no. at three to yes. take down the Warriors? Yes. Right now, I don't know about that. I don't know. If all, <laughs> I would put the Warriors over all three of those teams right now, but yeah, that's how I'd rank them. Uh, Dave, I'm similar. I just don't think the Celtics are a better matchup for the the Warriors. I, I think the Cavs will lose. This. Cavs would lose with this roster if they don't make any moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably in six. Well, it's like, what moves do they need to make then to put them over? Honestly, they 
they need to move that Brooklyn pick for somebody of decent value, whether it's another um, just wing, player type. Doesn't you have to throw out an actual either, player? Either a wing or a center. They they need one or the other. Mm-hmm. If you can get either one of those, to it puts you in great shape against a team like the Warriors. They've got matchup wise a pretty fair fight across the board, and that's that's what you want. You want it to turn into a fifty fifty series because that's the best you're going to get against four All Stars with the Warriors. So. Mm-hmm. I think that, yes, they're the, they're the best team out of the East if they have this team. They don't make any deals. They're still going to lose in, like, six, though. And the only thing with the Celtics and the Cavs that's kind of yin and yang to both of them in this discussion is, yes, the Cavs have that vet, more veteran of a team, mm-hmm. but they are, on paper, least talented to the Celtics in my mind. However, really? what? However, they got LeBron the James. What are you talking They've about? got LeBron James, which is the best Caleb's player. Caleb's better than Al Horford. LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas is, I mean. Side grade from Kyrie. Yeah, it's not, it's not like too big of a difference if, no, if there I'm is a difference at all. No, I'm not saying it's a huge difference. Slight. I'm putting D-Wade's, the on paper. D-Wade's been unreal at, at the six man. Not trying to make it a knock at the Cavs. You Fine. are. We'll you it. are. You said they're the worst team. We'll put it easily. Yeah, but about? it's not like huge mountains, hills, and valleys. It's just boop, set, like a little bit <laughs> just, off. Just a, a little, little boop, bit off. Sean. But the thing that I worry about with the Celtics is guys like Tatum, guys like Brown being in that moment for the first time, being so young, will they freeze up in that moment? So it's kind of like a guinea Bron- Bron- You one's more, one, one's more veteran. He's been to what? Seven yeah. fucking finals And I'm not straight. trying to knock at LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, no. No. Cavs are going to upset the Warriors in the finals. I'm calling it now. Oh! You said that last year and it didn't happen. So Okay, and I've said it the year before. <laughs> this is a bet, This is a team with more talent. I know I was shitting on them when they brought in <laughs> D-Wade, but so far D-Wade in that six-man position has been absolutely fantastic, yeah. and he's been you know dynamic out there, and that's something that they really didn't have last year was dynamic ben- bench score. You have D-Wade, who not only is we known as a closer out throughout his whole career, but also he looks like he has you know taken on this this role pretty great. You look at Isaiah Thomas, like Dave mentioned, this is a guy that scored what thirty close to thirty points per game last year. This is a guy that is a great shooter from the outside. This is a guy that can create for his own for himself. This is a guy that can take down Steph Curry offensively. We look last year, who was like one of the teams that gave Warriors consistent problems. It mm-hmm. was Boston. It was IT. Obviously, that was more of the system, but still, IT was a great player, and IT mm-hmm. gave Steph Curry problems going up one on one. That's not going to be different than you know, uh, Kyrie versus um, Steph last year. It, it's going to be a little bit different because of the size, but overall, I mean, Kyrie played better defense, but I feel like Isaiah can beat him off the dribble more than Kyrie could. I mean, obviously, one has better handles, but one's a better shooter. Um, so I feel like that's not too much of a difference. LeBron's playing some of the best basketball of his career. That's not changing. He yeah. seems determined. I feel like I'd take LeBron over KD right now, and I feel right now with the Warriors, they don't have that certain pop, and they don't have that depth that the Cavs have right now. And Jay Crowder isn't going to play bad basketball like he's playing like like this right now. Obviously, he has the talent right there. He's playing terribly. I feel like that's more of an anomaly than anything. You look at Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver finally found a shot, and if he's able to do this in the playoffs, watch out, league. LeBron finally James, found a shot. Dropping... The man who's like one of the best. no, but I'm saying like last year he lost a shot, and yeah, obviously, bit, obviously yeah. when it came over from the Cavs, he had a shot. He was shooting like sixty percent from three, but this is Hot different. Sauce. I mean, right now if he's able to find a shot consistently and yeah. be that in the in the playoffs, watch out, league. LeBron's gonna, like LeBron's gonna drop one scores in the league thirty five. <laughs> 15 and 15 again. Yeah. I feel like they have the firepower. You have, especially if D Rose comes back. I mean, you get rid of, you know, uh, your, your your boy, uh, Oseman. CD? CD. But, you know, you're going to have D Rose to go off of as well. I feel like the talent's there with or without a trade. I, I, I feel like it's too thin of a team, the Warriors yeah. are. I feel like, obviously, it's all there. Steph, Clay, K, 
KD, Draymond, but it's too thin of a team. I just, and I'm not, all I'm all I'm replaying I, in my mind right now is just KD over LeBron. Different team. I know different teams on and, both sides. And, and it's, it's it's a different LeBron monster. He's gotten better. Think about that. Thirty-three. He's gotten better. This might be but, his last chance too. But if he continues <laughs> up with it, I, I know it's it's crazy to say, but like you know, this is when players start to start. Usually, to decline. normal. They, players. I know it's not. I know it's LeBron. It's different. But I'm saying yeah. this is usually when players start to decline. So if we're going with normal world, I know this is not a normal Same. world. Whether Nothing it's about LeBron sports normal. or politics <laughs> or LeBron James, obviously it's not a normal world anymore. Yeah. But still. In a normal world, this is probably LeBron should be LeBron's last, last chance to do year. it. Yeah. So, I'm calling it. Okay. Bold. I like it though, Sean. In I seven. Like I like it. At the uh, Oracle. We'll see. Taking them down. We'll see. Book it. Let us know in the comments down below what Isaiah Thomas brings to the Cleveland Cavaliers in your mind. Do you feel like he makes them the best team in the East for sure? Ricky is not sure. He's saying the Celtics are a better team um, in his mind, and then obviously, however. I still like the Cavs to beat the Celtics in a best Yeah, but you're saying on paper. Yeah, on paper. Let us know on paper, does Isaiah Thomas make him a better team than the Cavs? Dave and I disagree, but hey, we usually disagree. We usually Mm -hmm. agree, and we usually disagree with Ricky. Let us know in the comments down below what you think of Isaiah Thomas coming to the Cavs, what he brings to him, and then also let us know any thoughts on the podcast. Final thoughts, um, if you want to buy a shirt, link is in the description. Not the link. The uh, instructions are in the description. Let us know. Um, Also, patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to be on a podcast, check out the $10 tier, but we also got some cool ones like $2 tier where you get exclusive monthly Patreon podcasts and also rate this podcast on iTunes. Five stars. Primetime podcast. Beyond Sidekick. The Rick and Johnny podcast, and obviously the Fast Break. We'd love you so much if you did so. Also, if you listen on Blog Talk Radio, big shout out to you. You guys, we need to shorten it, make it quicker. Mm-hmm. We need to make it like <laughs> my, the three L's. Mine is I'm getting in a groove with it. You just gotta get got your groove. Sean. That was a groove. Just gotta <laughs> that get was groove. one breath. That was a groove. That was one breath. I got it. Anyways, for Ricky Weber, for Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.